Now, more Crash and Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Peace up, Peace A-Town. Up. Yeah! John there, right? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Guess who is performing at halftime in Kansas City for the divisional round game? Yeah, yeah. Is he really? I, I they announced it yesterday that I guess Lil John. You can even <laughs> uh, here. I'll go to the uh, I'll go to the old uh, Twitter machine and pop in Lil John. I am all but positive that. Uh, oh yeah, here you go. Uh, you can go to at Chiefs on Twitter. And uh, it says here the uh, the halftime show is going to be fun. At Lil John, they just tag him right in it. And at Scam Artist, I don't know if that I don't. I'm not going to go. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's somebody who would like go with him yeah. or whatever. Can you imagine all of those people in Kansas City freezing their nards off, being like, "Yeah, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is awesome." Shivering and shaking and doing their thing. And that stadium's going to be loud. By the way, I know I'm. 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 I'm, I'm going to drive it right back on the highway. Trevor Lawrence yesterday said, oh, "I don't know if Kansas City will be much louder than Jacksonville." Has he played in Kansas City? That's a, just a dumb thing has, to has say. He, has he played in Kansas City? Why did you just challenge that crowd, that fan base? That is easily one of the. Now forget about. You know, crappy places to play, you know, like we were talking about the other day with Oakland. Oakland was a fun place to play. Very, you know, they're just mean and nasty. But as far as not being able to hear a damn thing, easily top three, if not number one. Easily. There's a, there's a. Has played in Kansas City before. All right. Because there's the end zone. Like, you know, like, so Kansas City is like the only team that has like a band. They have a band oh. that in that one end zone where everybody entered. Didn't where the they Commanders all, used to have one too? They, that's right. They had one also, smaller. But I remember the they Hogs had like a, used to dress up like. Yeah, they had they had like a, a a college band. I always thought that was interesting, and they just kept it. And the opposite end zone, if you're backed up, good luck hearing a thing. You won't hear anything. We were going to play there one year, and so Bill does what he always does. You know, he brings the music in. And he's like, uh, he comes to me and he asks me, he's like, you know, so what's, is this similar and all sorts of stuff? How, how do you think this is? Can you hear? And I was like, well, I mean, once I can't hear, does it matter how much higher you put it? Like, I, if if if, uh, if you have it at 10 and I can't hear at 10, what does it matter if you put it to 15? I can't hear at 10 anyway, so, and I can't hear at 11, so it doesn't matter. But it is unbelievably challenging to be at that end zone. That's, that's. That's the real thing right there. I played there twice a year for seven years. It was a disaster every time we went there. You know, especially when in the beginning of the game where they play the national anthem, somebody sings, and at the end they get the home of the and the whole crowd in unison. Chiefs. Oh my god. Doesn't even get brave oh, out. It's like unbelievable. It's a little cringy. Well, I love John it. will be the uh, halftime show there. Okay. I don't know what they're going to do in Atlanta if Atlanta's going to host an AFC championship game, but nevertheless, uh, maybe they'll roll out Luda. Yeah, who, what, what famous rappers are out of Atlanta? I feel oh, like my God, are you kidding me? Outcast, Luda, yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they'd find somebody. But then again, someone that the NFL would put the uh, rubber stamp on, that's 
maybe another discussion, but uh, the Bruins were active last night in beating the Islanders down on the island 4-1. to one. Uh, really the first 30 minutes and the second 30 minutes were two different games. I know we talked about it an hour ago with our guy, Andrew Raycroft. Linus remains hot, 24-2-1 on the year. And after the game, Jim Montgomery talked about his goalie. Oh, my God, his hockey sense is unreal. He's really good. Most underrated part that I never hear people talk about, how well he plays the puck his decision-making. So that, that takes a lot of poise and shows just the confidence he has besides the numerous good saves he made tonight. i tell you what, uh, it's impressive, and he's right. And uh, and the fact that he's willing to just say, listen, man, you guys don't want me to see it. Nobody talks about it, just how well he is, how good he is. And even we got Razor talking about it, former goalie who actually kind of co-signed on it. But that's that's a given to me. I, I understand that. But what stood out to me is not what Montgomery said. It's not what any of the players said. Mm. It's what Linus Allmark said himself. Because, listen, he's got his 100th win. And I feel like we've, we, we have actually kind of heard our first hint about how unbelievably challenging and difficult this entire run is. Here's Linus. I think you put it pretty spot on. It has been overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. It has been a different kind of a season, definitely. And it's taken a lot of me mentally to you know keep going not be kind of satisfied because it's hard uh, you know if you have had the luxury now at half of the season to be at this point then you know usually you're at this point at the end of the season so you know I, I have a lot of gratitude towards all the boys in here that go to work every single night so kudos to them see I feel like I don't know about you this that's so intriguing to me there's the mental aspect of it because he was real honest and forthright talked about how like he admitted how overwhelming it is like how challenging it is mentally. Taking a lot of me mentally to, you know, keep going. To keep going. And the other thing is like, hey, usually, usually this is where the confusion can be with your own just body and your mental state. And he said it at the end. I'm usually at this point at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm gassed already. I'm gassed mentally at the halfway point before the All-Star game. I didn't think it would be this challenging. It's, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. And now, oh, by the way... I still have another half of the season to go, and then the playoffs. So I do think there is some, man, how, how am I going to manage this? I think that's a real thing. Like, I'm gassed. Like, I'm cooked. I'm not sleeping at night. And, and, and so, I mean, and the stress is starting to get to me. It's challenging. All we do is keep winning. So I think that is something that, as fans of the Bruins, you need to be paying attention to. Do. No question. you got to be on alert for sort of mentally him not only getting through the season, but then being able to crank it up another level for the yeah. playoffs. And by the way, you know, every level of the playoffs, it gets harder mentally harder tougher. Harder. I think that is so I just I'm intrigued by that because Well, he doesn't to, want to let the team down. Well, to me, I, and, 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 and I think it. there's a big think part about, of that with this group. The, so think about the pressure that he's under already. Right. So holy crap, but you're telling me you're used to being gassed and feel this way at the end of the season. And here we are mid-January, and you're admitting that you're already there now? Well, then you don't know how to navigate it. You don't know how to manage it. To me, that is that is a concern. Like, but, of all the things that are going on, that to me is the biggest concern. But isn't it a little different because he's, what, 24-2-1. So given the amount of games they have left, he's going to end up at 50, 55 games, right? And I don't know what the exact number was for him last year, but let's just land on he plays 55 of the regular season games this year. Um, isn't it a little different because 
the level of success is what's really like I don't know if it is the he doesn't know how to manage to get through 50 or 55 games of a season that I think he does I think the real surprise is as most look around and be like holy hell why everybody is pinching themselves is this really real to me is that more the part of it where if it were a normal season where they were fighting for a division title he understands how to deal with that. But because this team is otherworldly and might go down as one of the best teams in the history of the National Hockey yeah. League, that it's more of that versus not physically being able to deal with a normal 50 plus game season. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just it just everything I think I just think as far as what you're used to, the wear and tear what you're used to has all been altered. Let me ask you a question, because Linus was in Buffalo for a while. Yep. You were in Seattle before you came yep. here. As the playoffs approached, what was it mentally for you? And I would say, first time you're ever in that spot, a lot like Linus, first time he's ever really been in this spot where he's the very clear number one goalie, the Vezina favorite on a team that you know is blowing doors. Because this is arguably his virgin excursion into that kind of territory. So when you came here... You had the same thing as well, first time for you in your career, even though you were a veteran. So how did it kind of build for you mentally? See, for me, like for another team, like we were always in seven years there. We made the playoffs once, and we backdoored our way into it. We lost our, re- our last regular season game, and Oakland ended up beating Kansas City, and that got us into the playoffs. So we thought our season was over. We're packing our bags. Next thing you know, Holmgren comes in and says, oh, by the way, we are going to the playoffs, and we all started having a grand old time, right? But I feel like it's it's less about that. It's more about the early standard that you have set. It's almost like I I, I kind of equated to like the Patriots going undefeated. That's the, the the stress each week. So you compartmentalize it however hell you want to. There does become a okay, wow, we play at such a high level all the time. When is the cliff gonna come? Like, you know, when when are we gonna like stub our toe? When are we gonna have when are we gonna lose two, three games in a row? Is that the reality check? Is that like the message that we need? Like, when are we going to learn our lesson? One is so you figured the Kraken was that lesson, and even after that game, Seattle was playing great. They had a bunch of wins, and they come in here, and then I think they ended up beating you by two goals or something. I think it was like two to one or three to one. But the fact is that you had opportunities. You still could have won, but then your head coach says that you guys are uh, mentally shot. You're mentally tired. So to me, there's uh, there's just something to that that I think I will be personally monitoring here on out because I feel like he's the one that I worry about the most. Well, and I know there are some textures of three seven ninety three seven who said, "Oh, he's referencing his twenty wins." However, I think the road that you're going down is is that everybody is aware on this team the level they're playing at, and at some point, mentally, he mentions mentally. Well, and that's he, the thing. he says like, mentally, but it's it's also the um, during the Patriots undefeated run, there was the talk. It was good to get a loss. It was good to get a loss before you get to. That. I always thought that would have been good to have right? a loss midseason. In, to me, this is the road that I think you're going down, just in terms of the to get there and to get to like we're halfway through the year, and this guy still needs a whole pile more wins. For this team to win a cup, and there is, I think, in, in using Linus as kind of a jumping-off point, there is that overall, can this team mentally set a record during the regular season 
and then pay off the regular season because it starts to build more and more as you get deeper into the Stanley Cup playoffs and it's more taxing on you mentally. And I think that's why it's at least got to be on the radar. No, I think so. And that to me is probably where it's at. And, you know, and I do think that even though he, you know, you may be thinking that he's talking about his 100th win, that how challenging it was, how mentally taxing it was, you know, and I'll be not being satisfied. That's the other part. Like being being satisfied with being unsatisfied, right? Which keeps you, uh, which gives you an edge, which, which keeps you on your toes, which keeps you pushing because no matter what you accomplish, you're still not satisfied. So you're okay being unsatisfied. It keeps you going, keeps you moving. I think it'll be okay. I think there, I think for a lot of these guys, it's like, wow, we're really having this kind of year. And there's going to be that realization. We know the all-star break is not too far off and then sort of pick it up from there at that point. Uh, one of the things we did not get to yesterday on the Patriot needs and the uh, must-do list was talking about the defense and the priority free agents. But there's also a big Celtic game tonight against Golden State. We're going to use what Golden State did yesterday for some story time with Foyer coming up. Now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Hail to the chief! He's the chief who needs hailing! It's <laughs> a real simple song. Hey, hail to the chief because he's earned it. That's basically what that is saying. Hey, we're going to salute you because, you know, I guess, you know, you earned it. Do you want to get, do you want to, you want to see all the people in the Twitch chat and the text go crazy? Sure. That's right. If I were there, they wouldn't have showed up. Uh, oh, they wouldn't have. Who is, who is here today? <laughs> who, who am I talking to? Is this the winner of the cup of Stanley? <laughs> there, everybody can be mad. Ah! Good Lord. Anyway, <laughs> the Golden State Warriors who are in town tonight for the NBA Finals rematch that'll be over at the TD Garden. Uh, the Golden State Warriors yesterday went to the White House. Yes. Christian Foyer oh, is among the very few people who can take us into what that is like so if you would please okay so you go after oh three right win championship back to back years you guys end up going to the white house what is the process like what do they ask of you as a player before getting on the bus or the plane or whatever to be able to step foot on those so other than other than other than like the background check that they do right so they do the background check you literally hop on a plane, get on a bus, They par- you park right in front, you go in, and it's like going through the airport. And then the weird thing is you basically have free range to go anywhere you want. Can you stop for one second? Yeah. You're you're going in the back gate and they're no, no, like you closing just, it? Because you're not pulling up out front where like the Washington no, Monument no, is. And no, 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 no. Like where the tourists like, are. No, they pull in and you just get out and it's, it's almost like a security entrance. You walk through the door and then you basically have free range to go anywhere you want. You just kind of wander. Really? Wander outside. You wander in this green room, this red room. You just kind of walking around. You go into the bathroom or do whatever. What? Like that's basically it. It's like a it's like a like a maze almost, right? Because it's so old. So all the rooms are kind of broken up. And 
that's all I basically did. I was like, okay, I wonder if I could if I could take this and will they notice? Am I going to end up with like a, a little red dot on my head for some guy like you know some sniper up above? The only real thing that it was that did they to, by the way did they tell you that before you got there what? that it's like oh whenever you get here guys you can just roam no, around head to you the just, Lincoln bedroom you know you know, you, you know well, there are certain <laughs> areas where you couldn't go okay this is the war room guys you couldn't right you couldn't get on the elevator you yeah, weren't looking around for do? missile codes no, or anything no, like that no no, no 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 but so you had what like free so you were like able to walk around on the ground just go wherever you want. Literally go wherever you want. That's there's insane. like, you know, there's a bunch of guys like just walking around with, you know, like just, you know, body armor and, you know, submachine guns and all that stuff. So like the, so the, the feds were there. And yeah, oh, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were the you craze? aware of their presence? Absolutely. On the roof. You're, you're obviously, the, the, where it got interesting, what I thought was interesting is so, you know, it was President Bush, you know, number two, and he rolls out. He does his speech, and I remember, like, everybody wanted to take a picture with him. This is before selfies. Like, you literally had to have a camera. Got it. Okay, so you were just kind of doing the whole thing. With your Polaroid. So I remember the first year I went, the first year I went, I was like, all right, let me get it. Everyone just huddles around him. Like, he can't, he's trying to leave, but he he can't because everybody wants to take a picture with him. (laughs) So I'm like, and then, again, you have to hand your camera to somebody. So I remember the first year I went, I was like, oh, man, okay, hey, hey, um, uh, Izzo, hey, take a picture of me real quick. So I got my arm around him. And nobody's saying anything. Like, don't touch them. Don't do anything. So I'm just like. So you put your arm around yeah, I'm the like, president. Hey, you know, I'm doing the whole, ah, what's up, homie? Oh, no. You know, I'm doing that whole thing. A little bit more, you know, professional. Wait, but not, I was going to say, like, if you were peace. doing this and be like, oh, peace, I'm with the press. Word. Yeah, like, no, what they uh, what you see now with all these pictures, the, each person, like, points to each other. They go, hey. Oh, I. Hey, I'm pointing is, at you. You're pointing at me. Christian, hey. just a quick aside because <laughs> yeah. you're telling your tale. <laughs> People who point. And if you take a picture with a fighter and you ball up yeah. your fist, nothing drives me crazier. Well, they, what anyway, are you supposed to do with your hands? How about keep them down? <laughs> how about do nothing I with them? I see that all the time, and I end up doing it myself. You take a picture with somebody, like, I see it in college and pros, you know, you sit next to somebody, and they both kind of, like, smile. And you're right about the fist. Hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. I don't it. know what else to do. I feel like I... I I feel like that's just a natural, like, hey, I'm with a fighter. My kids I'm got a fist. A, my kids got a photo with Chris Cyborg, and before, I was like, don't do the fist. I yelled at him. I'm like, don't do it anyway. <laughs> so your arm is around. Oh yeah, GW uh, George Bush the second, yeah. and you're just and they're doing everyone. And Larry Izzo is taking I'm a just, photo. I don't know if it was him, but Good I had Lord. this weird camera, and it was like it was a typical like you know grandparent moment. Here comes the camera. I know a lot of people. You got to you got to do it quick. So I'm like, all right, let's go. And then he presses the button, and then it closes. The shutter closes. Yep. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then I go, hold on. And I had to go get the camera. I had to turn it back on, oh, flip it no, back around. Okay, no. now go. And he pressed it again. He's like, ah, oh, it's not taking. I was like, oh, my God, hold on. One second, one second. Now, everybody's pushing to get in Is front. Is the president getting fidgety He's because you're happy. messing around? He's oh, not happy. He's a little man. irritated. I'm like, so I'm like, one more time. Oh. Sure as hell, the damn thing wouldn't take the freaking picture. It's unbelievable. So three opportunities. Three opportunities. I, so I didn't get a picture with the president when I was no. like, oh, whatever, fine. Well, just take the group picture. So the next year we go, I'm like, uh-uh, this isn't happening. So I changed my game plan. I'm like, you know what I do? I go to like you know Walgreens, CVS, and I grab a bunch of the throwaway cameras. Got it. I got the little old school Kodak oh, yeah. throwaway cameras. I was like, this is going to be easy, right? All you have to do is just, I'm going to already have it set. Just point and click. Well, sure as hell. I don't know who took the picture this time, but that w- there wasn't a problem taking the picture. But whoever was doing it, they were like looking through it like this, <laughs> and I don't think they could see. <laughs> it is the worst picture 
it's like it's just like half of my face and like his face is turned to the side. It just looks like crap. Oh, it just looks like crap. Is it still like, hanging in your house? No, house? I don't even have a picture it. With the president? It was one of those things. Like, oh man, I got a picture with the president. Let's hang this up. Let's get a nice frame. Let's put it right next to my diploma. You know all that stuff. Like, look at my look at look at how important I am. I took a, pre- a picture with the president, and it was it sucked and it was blurry because because it was a throwaway camera. It was right into the sun. Like it, none of it worked. None of it worked. I need complete transparency yeah. and honesty in answering this. Sure. The first time you went, yeah, awesome, right? Yes. Second Once time, in a lifetime. The second time, were you as excited, or did you view it as more of a nuisance because you went the year before? Well, for me, it was an opportunity. Okay. <laughs> because my picture sucked, and it was the same stinking president. Okay. I was like, all right, but no, it was it was not nearly as fun as the first time. It actually wasn't. And for those guys, that was their second time, my first time, and then their third time. My second time. So it was like, ah, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the president again. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of force come. Well, we went to the White House again. Same guy. Because it was the same guy, right. right? It was so, the same dude. Steve Kerr is very much politically aligned with this White House. Yeah. I only mentioned that to ask this question. Were there any orders given beforehand, like, you know, we're not here to make a political statement. You know, like, did, was there kind of, I don't know if it was the team. I don't know if it was Bill, someone on the team. Like, did you sort of get the don't embarrass the organization regardless of what you think about the administration talk? No, because I'm going to give you the back then, Grish, they didn't have that. That wasn't a thing. Back then, Grish, like, you just showed up and nobody did stupid stuff. They just showed up, you know, hung out. And then that was it. I think a lot of guys, some of the guys went to the Walter Reed Hospital, you know, like the Veterans Hospital. Oh, my God. That, so, that should be mandatory. Yeah, I think if you're going I, to visit, you should go to Walter. First of all, it is an unbelievably humbling experience. And that is why I I think only like five guys went. I, th- I think just the captains went but because uh, I remember they went on an earlier flight. But that was what I kind of wanted to do because you're right. It is so unbelievably humbling because they were just telling stories about it. Um, just like what they saw, you know, what it's like. You really, it really puts you right square into like a really harsh reality of what that type of life is like and what yeah. those guys sacrifice. Yeah, it really is. You Got can't a lot even, of time for can't, those can't, people. Yeah. I can't comprehend it, and I'm not even doing it justice, you know. But I'm, I'm doing my best. But that was one of the things I, I missed out on. But you literally, when it's over, he gives his speech, he tells his jokes, you know, and then you leave. So. As soon as you get there, you're basically leaving. You hover around. You go into the whatever. You're just hanging out, and you're looking at all the you know guys up on the roof with their you know semi-automatic weapons, trying to figure out how you could like goat them into like you know thinking that you're up to no good. Oh my God! Of course there would be sh- shenanigans. <laughs> so it's also nothing, nothing bad. But also there is like the and I think you guys did because for the NBA they can go into one of the other rooms inside. Because there's not that many it's smaller, right? Yeah. Smaller, yeah. but for you guys, it was fifty-three players plus guys that might have been on the practice squad or whatever staffers. You're you're talking about two hundred people. Well, yeah. maybe a big, maybe not as a big a traveling party, but still. And you guys did like the photos on the outside and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Were you dozing off during all that too? No, I remember it being. I remember it being really, really hot both times. It was like super hot. Everybody was sweating their ass off. Like, nobody wanted to keep their coat on, and they all kind of had to, you know, stand behind the president, and he enters, and you're kind of, 
I, listen, oh, I was like Greg Hill after a morning show absolutely. in a 65 degree studio. Absolutely. Dripping pit sweat. Just like, dude, get third, some deodorant. Third leg Greg. <laughs> hey, it's Greg. <laughs> I do think this is what always drove me nuts. Like, re- regardless of what your political views are, I always thought it was just a really cool experience. So just, you know, whatever your issues are, like nobody's looking to make a statement. You're not going to change the world by, you know, hijacking, right. you know, a speech, which is supposed to be like a celebratory, you know, like, you know, event. Let's just let's just cap the, let's cap the win. We'll do our it's thing. It. It's a part, part of the it. deal. It's, it's a part privilege. of it. I thought it was awesome. It was totally cool. You know, because listen, I went I took my kids one year to DC and they're like, Oh, let's go to the let's go to the White House. I'm like, Meh. It's really it's overrated. Uh, dad's dad's uh, been overrated. there, kids. Let's yeah. go. Let's go see the original Wright Brothers plane of the Smithsonian. Yeah, let's right do that. beside the Ric Flair robe. Absolutely. Which is really in a Smithsonian, by the way. Well, we see yeah, how we did that. Yeah. You want to talk about a good trip, real quick, aside? Rent bikes and do like the Mall of America. Do like that ride around thing. the Mall ride, of America. Rent a bike. It is so much fun. It's it's so much easier to do. You get you get through everything. Because remember, everything's free. Now, I don't know if everything's open now. I'm assuming it is. Because everything closed down for a while. So, yeah. so probably, but that was a fun little trip. Even though Seton Hall had a basketball game last night with social distancing, which surprised people on Twitter. I'm Wait, serious. What? There was a photo it's out there. back? Uh, well, at least with Seton Hall. Seton yeah. Hall? Uh, New Jersey. Oh, okay. The, right. So just leave it there. A texter, the 508, did they feed you? No. They did not. Okay, so just walk me through this. No, I don't remember so, there being any food. I remember everyone being hungry. All right, so you leave the stadium at, what, 9 a.m., let's yeah, say? Yeah, sure. Yeah, early okay. in the morning. Quick flight. And you go to Providence because yep. that's where they yep. had the plane. TF Green. So say you're leaving 10 o'clock, 1030, whatever. You're there in an hour. It's an easy flight. Yeah, quick. Hour, hour. So you land. You're on the buses. You get there. You're there at 1 o'clock, let's say. You do the ceremony. Are you leaving right afterwards? You basically, yeah, you you basically leave right after. As soon as I released President Bush, okay, as soon as I took my three pictures, <laughs> they sound, tried to, like, as soon like as I let him go, as soon as I, soon as I let him go, Bush. it was funny because people were not happy with me. <laughs> Who stupid, you the most? I, dude, they were just, everyone was, like, again, as my first time. Oh. And they're like, they're like, what are you, what are you like, for you, what are you doing? I'm like, just, I'm like, just, I don't know if I'm ever coming back. <laughs> The stupid camera wouldn't take the stupid picture, and every time whoever did the person, my problem was I picked the wrong person. I, I think they because the 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 picture like the button you press to take the picture of kids, okay, was right next to the, like the button that closed the screen that 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 closed like oh, the lens. Your camera was too fancy. Okay, so I was like, what are we doing? So every time they kept pressing the wrong button, I'm like. Dude, it's the big button right to the left. Just press the stupid button. Ready? And then, okay, then press it halfway. And then, remember, you had to press it halfway to focus it. Mm-hmm. And then go the rest and of the way. And then it would go beep, beep. And your, then you would press. Yeah, you, you could, your camera was way too And you should have picked novice an offensive move. lineman. Because they would have been smart enough to be able to figure yeah, that out. I don't know who I picked, but they were stupid. Wow. So there stupid. you go. And the second time, it was just like, yeah, same as the first. Let's go do this. Fine. And I'll same be home guy, for dinner, kids. Same guy. Same jokes. You know, no big deal. I mean, if you get an opportunity to go, I honest to God, I don't care what side of the fence you sit on. Like, you should go. Leave him a little note in the bathroom. I would love to. Leave him a little note. I'd love to see it. It would just be so cool. <laughs> it is. Um, and but, the access you get, 
is because they do do tours because there was a tour right. going on that day. Oh, were those um, people taking pictures of no, you? No, no, well, they, they were like, oh, totally. No, they had no clue. Totally, <laughs> totally different area. Like you don't, you just know there's a tour going. On. They do give tours, so it's big enough. That like the Vatican, lots of people. <laughs> it's like the Vatican. People can be roaming around, and you would have no idea. It's interesting because again, Golden State's been there, and I know Multiple that times. right. And you know, Steph Curry speaks, yeah. and so did you know going in who was going to speak? Like you knew Bill was going to oh, talk, I don't but really did know. you know? I, I don't Brady think anyone said, spoke. I don't think anyone. Sp- I think it was Kraft, Bill, and that was it. Okay, I can't remember. Brady I gotta, spoke at the last spoke of the last uh, one. Or not. Well, maybe not the one that I went to. I don't remember any player going up there. Maybe it happened. I'm not even sure. Because shortly thereafter, wasn't he sitting like up high for a State of the uh, Union address that or something bef- like that? Oh, or that's was that right. remember that? Holy cow! He was up there. People You're lost right. their minds. Oh my God! How could he be sitting there beside a Democrat and a Republican? He, oh my! He should be. Tom impartial. Brady should go to hell. That's right. Him. That's crazy. Right. Maybe that's where the old oh, uh, Tom wants to be president. There was like rumors for a while that he wanted to get into politics. Can you imagine Tom Brady choosing to get into politics? Yeah. Making a decision that, you know what? I want every terrible thing I did in my life to be thrown out in front of everybody and then altered, manipulated, and flipped upside down. That's what I wanted. Yeah, talk to right. my wife. She said I can't talk about politics anymore. No politics for you. There we go. All right, so a little bit of what the Golden State Warriors went through yesterday. And now they got to focus and play a game tonight against uh, the best team in the NBA record-wise, the Celtics. How will they do it? Uh, We're going to get to uh, something new called the Apology of the Day coming up at 1245. But first, here is Matt in Rhode Island on the OC Search. Matt, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, boys. Just want to make a quick call. I just came in a little bit late on your uh, show. I just want to say that Bill Belichick is absolutely clueless. He's in charge of personnel. Can you guys name me any marquee players on the Patriots? Can you name me any marquee uh, coaches on the Patriots? They're a bunch of stiffs. And let me tell you something else. Bob Kraft is cheap, (laughs) and and Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick are the ones who are to be held accountable for the the dismantling of this awful organization. So what do you want to do to Robert Kraft? What do you want to force him to sell because you're upset? No, no, no. I, what, you were really going to talk about Bill O'Brien? I mean, we're, are we talking about Bill O'Brien as an offensive coordinator? Yes. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. That's Hey, great choice, guys. He's a buffoon. Great choice. And Max Jones, hey, great replacement. I'd take Cam Newton over Max Jones. Hell, I'd take the- Well, because you sound like an idiot. That's why. There is I mean, this the, weird, the, I, just the, the, <laughs> I don't get the, the, the venom. Mean, yes. It's like a lot of just, he's you, a buffoon. You uh, only won here for 20 years, you bum. You suck. It's like, come on, man. Boy, they jump quick, don't man, they? Man, oh, man. Well, on they that jump, one, it's a little extreme, right? He wants Kraft. He wants the, the team taken away Burn from it Kraft. Down. And then Bill O'Brien, again, okay. Well, uh, Cliff Kingsbury apparently went to Thailand and ain't coming back. So I saw some of his pictures, by oh, the way. Oh, you did? Holy cow. Is he on the Insta doing it? His girlfriend is. Oh, oh. Now, oh. let me tell you something. Oh, we're talking about... Uh, it doesn't get the... Grade A good, prime? Oh, it's good to be the king. Wow. Holy cow. This guy's living the life. It's like... Uh, you ever seen the movie, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie called The Beach? As you will learn, I've seen about eight okay. movies total in my okay, 48 so years on Earth. But in that in that movie, Minus it's like... the porno, it's, of yeah, course. Yeah, well, that's a totally different number. It's a whole other genre <laughs> totally that we can get number. into later. If you add up all the minutes that I've actually watched, it may be an hour. Um, no, but he is... 
he is living his best life. I don't know what the hell they did to him in Arizona that made him buy a one-way ticket to go to Thailand. Like, that's his first stop. But listen, he's probably he will probably never coach again after this little this little. <laughs> I got I gotta 50, show you the picture. I, I gotta got, show it to you. I want to pull. I want to bring it up and show it. To I you. got fifty million dollars. Ah, what oh, the yeah. hell? I don't need to do anything anymore. Let's just go hang out in a foreign land. Um, well, Stephen A. Smith fits into something that we're going to do for the first time called the apology of the day. But there's more to it. We'll get to it next. WEI, WEI, New England Sports Original. Gresh and Fourier on WEI. This is the apology of the day. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. If I'd known you yeah, were I'd listening, been... I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have said those things. My apologize. I want to apologize. Sorry, I, sorry, but uh, I'd like to apologize to Chris Curtis. I said it. I was wrong, and I apologize. I'm sorry, guys. A dog just took a poop on the stairs. On Gresham Fourier. Well, sometimes some people have to stand up and say that they're sorry. It happens. It's happened in court. It'll happen over the course of time. Everyone at some point has had to apologize for something. Some of us have to put it in writing. Some yeah. of us don't. <laughs> uh, but, but it's the absurdity of the apologies well, and the reasons why some people feel like they need to apologize that stands out to me. And this is one of them. So Stephen A. Smith has a new book out. And over the past couple of days, he's been on the big media tour, right? Yeah. He went on Howard Stern. Yeah. Uh, he went on Mad Dog Russo's afternoon show yesterday. He's been making the rounds. And um, Wendy Williams used to have the spot in daytime television yeah. and syndication that mm-hmm. is now occupied by Sherry Shepard. So Stephen A. Smith went on the Sherry Shepard show and basically said, well, you know, Rihanna's a good Super Bowl halftime. But she ain't no Beyonce. Absolutely. Almost and, verbatim. And the crowd started moaning and groaning. Yeah. And then I'm losing them. all of the, I don't even know what to like with Taylor Swift. They're the Swifties. I don't know what you would call the fans of Rihanna. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. She's got a lot of them too. Riri fans. I don't yeah. know. Okay. So they all started to at Stephen A. Smith, which led Stephen A. Smith to what oh, you are about like to hear. Now, mind you. Stephen A. Smith, in delivering this, is also sitting in uh, a 12-person limousine, (laughs) being squired all around to do all of this PR for his new book. So here is Stephen A. clearing the air for all the Rihanna fans. I just got out of a first take, and I saw some headline that's circulating all over the place about my quote that Rihanna ain't Beyonce. See, you know, I'm going to own it. I know what y'all trying to do, but I'm going to own it because I get paid to speak for a living, so I need to be more careful. I want Rihanna to know you're a superstar. You're sensational. You're spectacular. You're no joke. And you are a worthy person to be doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Having said all of that, I was answering a question from Sherry Shepard who took over the Wendy Williams show and now got her own thing going, and I'm very proud of her. And she asked me with a bunch of sisters in the audience what she asked me. Now I'm a Beyonce fan. I think that Beyonce is not only a phenomenal performer, the phenomenal performer. 
And the only reason any kind of comparison came into play is because Beyonce performed at halftime of the Super Bowl, not just by herself, but one separate Super Bowl performance with Bruno Mars and Coldplay. And I thought those were two of the greatest shows that I've ever seen. So what I'm saying is anybody has to measure up to that. Huh. I feel like he lost me at the end. Why? I feel like he, feel like he lost me at the end because he says, oh, you know what? I apologize. Uh, you know, and here's why. And she's awesome. And, you know, and, and, hey, listen, let me give like like Rihanna needs validation from Stephen A. Smith. Oh, yeah. You know what? I was feeling I was so insecure and felt so terrible about what I was wearing. But then I heard Stephen A. Smith actually likes me and like validated my career. What level of money would you put on her having no idea who Stephen A. Smith is? Damn it. Everybody knows that I'm a bottom feeder. <laughs> then there's that. <laughs> then there's that. Let's not forget that aspect. Let's not forget that. Um, do I think she knows who he is? Probably. I think she probably does. Oh, that's that NBA guy that yells yeah, a lot. Yeah, like because she likes the NBA. I'm sure she watches, you know, obviously, and he's like all over the NBA. Oh, I'm, uh, you know what? That's a good point. I forgot yeah. that she would uh, that uh, probably big NBA yeah. fan and all that. So um, she lost. He lost me at the end. He did. I I get it. And by the really way, count as an apology well, though. That's kind of cut down because that thing was like three and a half minutes of him being like, you know, ramble, ramble, ramble. I'm great. So it was Beyonce, ramble, ramble, ramble. Hey, Rihanna's great too. So am I. Yeah. Ramble, 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 and doing his thing. So apparently, through all of this, okay. Uh, Stephen A. Smith was either late or left oh, first yeah. take to go do one of these interviews that got set up by the book company. Now, he was supposed to work with Christopher Mad Dog Russo, which led to this, which aired uh, yesterday, apparently, as Stephen A. was whipping around and doing all these interviews. How dare you miss openings of shows to do radio or TV interviews? I didn't miss, I didn't miss You left the tent! Uh, what are you today? We didn't even have a talk at ten to ten, and you're running back from Howard Stern out of the office yet? Enough already! You've made a fortune. We get it. The book's not bad. We can <laughs> we can move on. Can we move on from this stupid book? I've had enough of straight shooter. I've had enough. Get your rear end in that chair. <laughs> I have been yelled at that way by like Mad Dog that. multiple times. In fact, there was one in studio where when you hear that voice, it's hard not to laugh. Yeah. Now, the I, I've, I've said on the air before, the very first time I really sat down and had a big conversation with Mad Dog when I went to go work down there, we went to a Chinese restaurant, yep. and he explained his vision for the channel and just wanted to feel me out because I'd, I'd interned at Fan, Chris was aware mm -hmm. of me, all that stuff. And then there was the time right before he went on vacation where when he was at Fan, he would normally rip everybody at the station then go on vacation. Well, he did it in Satellite Land, and people took the cheese, thought he was mad at all of us because he hired everybody, he had his hand in it. I've said this before, and he knows it. He was the worst boss I ever had because he never wanted to be a boss. He wanted to show up to his 2 to 7 to get the hell out of there. But I've been yelled at by him for various things, sometimes funny. So he's making his point, but he does it like Donald Duck on hmm. crack, and it's hard not to laugh at the dude. And it, it, it brought me back to getting, you know, I'll tell you right now, if you don't know baseball, you're going to have a hard time here back after this. Well, see, see, that's interesting that you say that. Like, So now I, now I understand where you got it from because when you listen to that, 
you sit there and go, wow, I don't know if he's joking or if he's serious, but there's prob- there's got to be some seriousness to it because you can't that's too you can't act that well. He says it with a smile. He says it but he really is irritated but he's playing to the camera and but he's he's irritated because I remember I'm going to go way back now. If I remember back uh in uh in October for there was a misunderstanding in regards to whether we were dressing up or not for Halloween and then you attacked me. Oh, and the Michelin I, man is oh, pissed. Oh, my E-E-I. Oh, I threw my back out. Oh, I slipped this morning while I was walking Wait out of my 9,000 square foot house. See, and again, now I'm bringing pizza. True. I'm sitting here schwitzing. I'm sweating my nards off in this thing. I got to do TV in a half hour. My hair looks terrible. <laughs> Meanwhile, I text this guy. Listen, it's 11 o'clock, Bengal. I text this guy, right? I go, all for you. You're going to lose. And I got to, ha, ha. I threw my back out earlier today and i didn't even dress see now i know where you got it from still it's still a misunderstanding but that was that was that, not a misunderstanding that was 100 a misunderstanding you were very clear you communicated with people other than me about dressing up and then when you came in you looked like you just got done working out first of all i have not worked out in like forever i said so, you looked like it. okay it's really you look like what you're wearing like, right now just like my that's like my uh yeah you're my work clothes every day attire. that's my work clothes that's right <laughs> But now I know where you got it from. I was in a freaking costume all day long. You told like, everyone we were doing it. That's not true. There, Bobby, that this is, is not true. That verified. is not true. That is, by whom? Who verified this? Keith, Who verified it? John Anderson. Oh, both. Okay, stop. Okay. Uh, we were supposed. Lou. Lou is part of the problem. Lou, we gotta get Lou on the phone. Okay, we're gonna handle this Lou once and for all. Lou verified it. He stuck no, up he for me. Oh my god, he was Same totally. He was hiding. She, she came in with like little like devil ears and but like, oh, that's my costume. Because you had said something beforehand. That's not true. It, nobody. I just took it to the next really level. You said, oh, Hill's we're gonna fault. have a costume contest. No, we were supposed to. The morning show didn't dress up. They were supposed to supposed to be in Foxborough, so nobody. And then the days got mixed up. And you guys dressed up before I even know you guys are in costume. Do I like, need, why are they in costume? Do I need to go back to the text evidence? We can go to break. Hey, it's Lou. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Steve. Cheap shots. Steve. Cur- no, no, it's evidence. That's why. Listen, you know cheap why shots. they call it email? Why? Because it's not electronic mail. It's called evidence mail. Oh, okay, good. And when That's what the E is for? When you've had a couple cease and desist, you learn that That's real quick. That's what the E is for. Good. That's right. Glad you learn it. Just remember that. Anyway, same for text messages. They are admissible. Depending on the Are situation. Okay, well, that's why you get a burner. Learn, I'm learning so much. It's called a bat phone, by the way. <laughs> it's called a bat phone. No, the bat phone is the one. No, the bat phone is the, the burner phone. No, to me, the bat phone is the line inside my house that maybe seven people know. Uh, so I have a cell phone that most people have, and then I have my mm. house phone. So what happens when that phone rings? Then I know to pick it up. You, bad news? Probably. Uh, it depends. I can really call her ID. It pops up on your TV because okay. it's through. Really? Through, yeah. Oh, God. You got that old system. Oh, uh, yeah. You have an old ass system. No, but I mean, well, no, it's uh, it comes up. It's like a part of if you have like Cox Communications or Comcast or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I remember I that, had it. Yeah, it'll say. All your spam calls go calling. through it. It goes, yeah, yeah. oh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. Like if you're know, watching it. Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway. Spam. Let's not go down this road, right, and maybe right. I did learn a little bit of Mad Dog's ability to uh, yeah, rip people. Uh, Celtics and the Warriors are going to play tonight at the Garden. Steve Kerr on Boston next. Sweating my nards off in this thing. I got to do TV in a half hour. My hair looks terrible. <laughs>